There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. Not a swimmer's body. Nothing about it. I'm the equivalent if you threw a golden retriever into an Olympic pool. Oh, I like it. Are we going to go? We're good to go. Oh, this is the episode? (laughs) All right. This is the last podcast on the left. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. Hello. Little chupacabra. Okay. And Henry. Hi. I ever do Rover a thing. in the water. I go in the pool, and one of my favorite mm-hmm. things to do is that I watch all my hairs float up. Ooh. You ever do that and run it through? I have. I'm so thick. Yeah. <laughs> my hair's so thick, like all over me. It's so like it used to grow in swirls, and mm. now it's in like I look. It looks like dog's hair. Like I'm, I'm covered very. Take sim- that gravity. I'm hair. in the water now. <laughs> all right, we got part two of Pee Wee Gaskins. It just gets. I mean, this episode is gonna be disgusting. Oh, full, yeah. full disclosure here. I don't agree with this guy. <laughs> it's gonna be disgusting. Thank you, Kissel. No problem. I'm glad that you said that up top. Um, just to help your career, help our careers. Yes. Um, so I have been currently reading the original stories of Conan the Barbarian by Robert E. Howard. Uh-huh. If you haven't, you fucking should because it, it is a little homoerotic. Uh-huh. But besides that, the wet glisten of it's actually kind of nice. Did you say it was conoerotic? <laughs> it's a little conoerotic. Oh, okay. But it's kind of fun because it's just big, wet, thick men fighting each other, cleaving skulls. Mm. A lot of people are like, by the sword of Agrathia. Really fun <laughs> shit. Cool. But there's a there's a segment here that rem- <laughs> reminded me of Pee Wee uh-huh. Conan. In one when one moment reminded me of Pee Wee. All right. Conan stared in wonder at the cold, <laughs> classic beauty of that countenance. He's looking at a giant snake. Yeah, uh, okay, I'm looking okay, at the okay, cover good, of that good, book, good, by good. the way. It is very erotic, by the way. No, no, no. It is brave. They're heroic. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Conan stared in wonder at the cold, classic beauty of that countenance, whose like he had never seen among the sons of men. Neither weakness nor mercy nor cruelty, nor kindness, or any other human emotion was in those features. They might have been the marble mask of a god, carved by a master hand, (laughs) except for the unmistakable life in them. Life cold and strange, such as the Sumerian had never known, and could not understand. He thought fleetingly of the marble perfection of the body which the screen concealed. It must be perfect, he thought, since the face was so inhumanly beautiful. But he Mm. could see only the godlike face, the finely molded head, which swayed curiously from side to side. The full lips opened and spoke a single word in a rich, vibrant tone that was like the golden chimes that ring in the jungle-lost temples of Kitai. It was an unknown tongue, forgotten before the kingdoms of man arose, but Conan knew what it meant. Come. You're an adult reading that, huh? <laughs> You're a, you're a grown man, and this is this reminded you of Pee Wee Gaskins. How exactly? <laughs> Looking at the snake, and then he's just like, uh, "Oh, I am the snake." And it went back and forth. But Conan fucking cuts heads off. They're spraying blood. He cuts guys' fucking guts open. It's right. all sorts of weird shit. There's snake women. He's always grabbing on breasts, so you know he's straight. And he's running around like, "Oh, like, it's not. This wow. stuff, it's great." No date, Henry Zabrowski. Look at that. <laughs> I don't right need back. him. Look oh, at you. I wanted it. I wanted a date last night. Oh, I called, okay. Natalie and I went to go see The Shape of Water. And I tell you what, there's a hundred percent more active fish fucking in that movie than was advertised. All right, there it is, the shape of water. It's a little little hint. It's whatever you put it in. I know it's stunning. It's stunning. All right, let's get back to Pee Wee Gaskins part two. And again, this is this episode's brutal. There's gonna get. We're gonna get some bad shit here. So after going down for transporting a stolen car across state lines and being complicit in the jailbreak of the contortionist husband on top of the successful garbage can escape, Pee Wee Gaskins <laughs> arrived in the federal prison in Atlanta. Now I'm going to say this time, and I don't normally say this, but I deserve this prison sentence. Oh. And that's the final truth. I know where the final truth lies, and it lies with me being in jail. Oh, man. So things ran a little smoother in federal prison, though, and they were a little less chaotic, unlike the power man. Hellhole Pee Wee was used to over That's in right. state prison. Yes. 
Now, this was in part because these federal prisons housed both small-time crooks like Pee-wee and nationally known criminals like New York City Mafia boss Frank Costello, a.k.a. the Prime Minister. Wow! They know me. They talk to me and they call me the Prime Minister (laughs) because I was elected, not because I had some dumb shit inbred where you getting uh, sick of the queen? She comes near me and slap her titties. Kill a dog. What was one of your policy positions there to win this election? Because I remember hearing about that. Uh, cannolis. <laughs> and you got to make sure you bring this nice rugulus. Oh, it's so nice. It's got the, all the nuts on the outside. It's got the fruit. Mmm, the fruit's all in the middle. And you're just like, oh, mmm, my God. Mm. I get why you won. That's a hell of a platform. Cannolis. In the mid-1950s, Costello got picked up for a tax evasion charge, as these guys are wont to do. Mm. Now, I did a little cross-referencing, and it does look like Frank Costello and Pee Wee Gaskins were in Atlanta Federal at the same time. Because, of course, the only source we have on this is Final Truth. There it is. But we don't know if Pee-wee's side of the story is actually true, because Pee-wee goes into it just a little bit. All right. Pee-wee said that his reputation from the state prison and his brilliant garbage can escape had somehow <laughs> made its way to Atlanta Federal. You made to tell me, say this to me again. So what did he do? He, he is- dressed up like a piece of trash, like he crumbled himself no. up like he's a transformer. He went into the garbage can and was able to escape that way. Say it again to me. I'm so glad it is. I'm so impressed. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. What? Bring him to me. (laughs) So a few weeks after... Pulling banana peels off his head. It's like a Snickers wrapper. No, a few weeks after Pee-wee arrived, he said Costello summoned him through a few mob lieutenants that had somehow made their way to Atlanta Federal as well. And when the two met, Costello shook Pee-wee's hand and said, So, you're the little hatchet man. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> a little phlegm oh. there. Yeah. Oh, give me a... <laughs> Apparently, according to Pee-wee, his reputation was so impressive that Costello had even heard about him trying to kill a girl with a hatchet and failing when he was a kid. And so, from that day on, Little Hatchet Man is what Pee-wee was called. Little Hatchet Man, what I like about you so much, me and all the boys, me and Skinny Pete and Fat Greg, and what's funny is because they give him the nickname, and it's the opposite. Oh, I was going to say, he's, he's so very fat. fat yeah. He's so fat, but you, which is uh, what I like is that, you, oh, your nickname's so appropriate. Oh, Little Hatchet Man, I just want to put you up in my little pocket there. Oh, you're just like a little tic-tac-toe. It's like, uh-huh. oh, just, mm, 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 I want to suck on you like, oh, you're like a little, mm, little mouth, mm, cough the person. <laughs> Yeah, a little Pee-wee Polly in your pocket. Pee-wee said, from then on, his real education began. <laughs> what was the other one? <laughs> he had none. He had none. He yeah. dropped out of school oh, when he was a real education. Well, what was your previous education? This is the only education. He said, in final truth, quote, They were my professors. Whenever I followed their advice, I always came out okay. It was the times that I didn't do what they advised that I found myself in deep shit. And that's the final truth. It's gotta be. (laughs) Sounds like the unwanted son of the Simpsons character, the rich Texan. (laughs) See, Pee-wee thought that these guys were about the most brilliant people on earth. (laughs) Of course he does. Wow. And since he heard somewhere that Italian mobsters were referred to as wise guys, Uh. Pee-wee referred to these criminals as the three wise men. I think it's important to remember, because guys is more casual. Uh. I like going up and saying they're the wise men, because that's what they are, big, brawny man, thick. Right. When I can say, you know, the, you know what's so wonderful about the Italian race uh-huh. is that they got, you know they're Italian, by the size of the rings on their smallest finger. <laughs> and I think that's smart, and that's final truth. Right. Uh, Pee-wee, I got to ask you, you know, the three wise men, it's a biblical term there. They went to, they went to the barn, not Jesus and all that stuff. You mean to say I'm copywriting? But I tell you what, I wrote, I wrote this thing. Picasso said, good artists borrow, great artists steal. So it's kind of funny, right? That's kind of good, right? Yeah, I would say that's almost a final truth. You could say that. You could actually say that. 
Throughout Final Truth, Pee Wee again and again refers to these guys when he talks about disposing of bodies, Ah. calling the things he learned from them the wise men's rules. Now, it could be that he was making all this shit up, but on the other hand, I can kind of see a bunch of New York mobsters taking this little psychopath under their wing for amusement in prison. Kind of like a little mascot. Absolutely. And, you know, say what you want about the mob. They know how to dispose of a body. (laughs) They are on top of that game. What was the fellow that we covered there in Canada? Uh, Picton. Picton. I think Picton and the mob. (laughs) Who can can dispose of a body better? They never found found that one fellow. Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa was told to me by a wise guy in my neighborhood when I was growing up in Queens that he was chopped up and fed to dogs. Is that right? Yeah, and I was 10 when he told me this. (laughs) This is a thing I will always remember. Um, They're really great. And uh, can you also imagine they caught Pee Wee, they got Pee Wee Gaskins there. They're like, the best part of what I love about Pee Wee is that, because say what you will about his attitude, it's shitty. (laughs) Say every single thing that he says is mean, he's telling a mean little bastard. I do, I do parts of it, parts of that, parts of him make me upset. <laughs> but what I do like is that every time he knows his right, he gets hard like a little turkey timer. He's just oh, a sad. We all see. love it, don't you? Hey, Pee Wee, Pee Wee, uh, hey, what color is this pen? Um, it's red. That's final. <laughs> Look at that. His own it's It's a wonderful gift to parties. That is a good gift. It would be nice if we had that. You never, never tell a lie. Why would you? <laughs> Well, according to Pee Wee, the whole thing was very serious and very respectful. <laughs> she said there was a mutual respect there that you cannot replicate. Well, you know, the classiest conversations happen in glorified bathrooms that have cots in them. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, Pee Wee said that two months after Costello and his men were released from prison, Pee Wee got a package in the mail. Inside was an English to Italian, Italian to English dictionary, $300, and an address in New York City on Elizabeth Street, a.k.a. Little Italy. Oh. This did not happen. You I do not happened. believe he in this He didn't get a book covered in hair so he could I learn Italian. I do not believe that he got a care package from the mafia to come show up. <laughs> I don't know. From Frank Costello, one of the most powerful mobsters of the 20th century. The worst part about sending a edible arrangement from the mafia is that the mozzadelle always slides down the sticks. It never stays. Oh, it's so so hard to send antipasta in the mail. It is. (laughs) Well, Pee Wee never made it up here to New York City, but about the offer, he said, Now, you know, I can't help wondering how different my life might have turned out if I took them up their offer and gone to New York and worked for them. But I didn't. Really, you don't? I'm kind of comfortable doing what I'm doing. That's yeah. not true. <laughs> what do you think your life would have been like if you would have joined the mob? You think it would have been better or... Well, I know is that everybody goes to New York City, they got to put on fancy lady shoes, and they got to walk around seducing millionaires pretending to be their foreign wives in order to hide their affairs at fancy parties. And I ain't that kind of sort, unless it's my buddy Jimmy or any of the other trouble trio that we used to watch fuck each other back in the day. Right. And there was nothing gay about that. Well, there was. That was boys being boys. There's a little, there's a little something gay about it. I don't want to go to New York. I don't want to. Go. <laughs> okay, well, you don't gotta go. <laughs> so after the mobsters left, Pee Wee's time in, in prison, he says, passed uneventfully until he was released in 1961. Okay. And upon release, he rented a trailer from his uncle Dewey Parrot <laughs> and lived with his cousin Marvin Parrot. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, it's so adorable if they weren't horrible murderers. <laughs> well, you know, it's just a lot of people going, well, yep. oh, yeah. Whoop. Yeah. He's Ooh. the linguist in the family. He goes, whoop. Yeah. He can do yeah. both. Get you a guy who can do both. Yeah. <laughs> well, Pee-wee, to appear respectable as he was out on parole, oh. he got a job with a traveling preacher named Reverend George E. Todd. Okay. He drove the preacher around, and you know he used his carny skills to set up revivals and such. All right. Well, the entire time, Pee-wee, instead of just hanging around with the preacher, he was either sneaking off to rob houses while mm. everyone in these small towns were attending, or he was scouting out places to come back to later for a little burglin. These poor people getting robbed when they're at church. 
from the preacher, and then they get home and they've been robbed by Pee Wee. That's a double robbery. <laughs> was Pee Wee Gaskins? How old is he at this point? Uh, he's about twenty-eight, I think, maybe twenty, a little less than that. And he's walking around with the Reverend. He's got robes on and shit. He obviously looks like an altar boy. He's dressed as an altar boy. Yeah. He's a childlike size. He's not dressed as an altar boy. Yeah, yeah. That's how, I, that's how I would. If I was Pee Wee Gaskins, I'd dress in a little robe. So in 1962, Pee Wee married his third wife, Jerry Dolores. Mm. But he did not have quite the same passion for her as he had for the previous two. Huh. About Jerry, Pee Wee said... She was fine. What was that? She was fine. Just fine. Yeah, I mean, she was, she was fine. That's Not, a final truth, but that's the, yeah, she was huh. fine. I mean, that's really all I can say about that. She's fine. I was okay. mostly like, at that time, I was more career focused, you see? Uh-huh. And so well, when I got her around there, just more like, it was just nice to have a cover. Yeah. It's nice to keep losing my pussy cherry. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you were mostly just robbing houses, right? Yeah, I was a career man. I was I, focused, I was on the track. Okay, and that's the final no, truth. Good to know. Yeah. So after about a year of petty theft, Pee Wee committed another unforgivable crime that would send him right back to prison. Uh-oh. One day while Pee Wee was visiting his mother, he stayed at home while she and his wife went shopping. After they left, Pee Wee decided almost on a lark to go visit the 12-year-old girl next door who he knew was at home alone. Pee Wee raped her in her own bedroom and was caught and arrested the same day after his stepfather rightly turned him in as fast as he could. But as Pee-wee was awaiting processing, he jumped out of an open window 30 feet up and ran away. What What is he just... Is he a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? <laughs> yeah, it's like just some jump point, out of windows. At some That's point, what, isn't someone like, hey, Sergeant, do you think we should shut the fucking windows? <laughs> you know, on account this is a jail and people might, might not want to go to prison. And this is a man that is known for escaping from prison over and over and over again. He said he was so, since he was so little, he was able to land on a bush and just be totally fine. <laughs> what Good is he, Garfield? It this is sounds the, like he's a cartoon cat. This horrible. is so ridiculous. Well, isn't, isn't there an X-Men that's really small and he bounces around? Nightcrawler. Is he Nightcrawler? Pee-wee is not like that. <laughs> Don't defame Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, the, he was, he's, but he's Night- a very religious person. He's also a carny. And well, German. All right. We'll leave <laughs> oh, Nightcrawler well, alone. Of course he has to disappear sometimes. He's a German. Well, Pee-wee then headed over the South Carolina border in a stolen 1962 Ford Galaxy, coincidentally the same model of car that David Berkowitz drove. Who's also in, who just actually went to the hospital yes, for he uh, heart disease. Mm-hmm. He's that. actually, he is sitting in the ICU right now and we're about to lose another one. Ah, mm. uh, man. Yeah, the in memoriam year? at the serial killer Oscars is going to be very long. <laughs> very <year>. long. Very. <laughs> last year when we were losing all the celebrities people loved. Yeah, this year, and I, I wasn't really that sad. And then this year, we're losing all the ones that I can't publicly mourn. You know, like, <laughs> yes. I really, like, if Berkowitz does die, it will be like, ah. <laughs> Jesus well, must have needed a Son. Yeah. A son of Sam. Well, out over the South Carolina border, Pee Wee hit out on the Lumbee Reservation and met his fourth wife, Lenny Oxendine. I'm going to say this again. Remember, I'm going to say this again. Remember, when you're five foot four, you have to be extra, extra charming. He has been banging his way. Everywhere. I mean, besides this, like, I guess it's like he did, of course he did horrible crimes, but it's weird how that horrible little man can turn on the charm just long enough mm-hmm. to get a wife. Right. Four times. It, it seems Actually, like six times. Six yeah. times. It seems like you're kind of talking about yourself there as well, being five foot four and having to be charming. Do you have any idea the kind of Muggsy Bogues like? Obstacles and people my size have to go through. It's a, there's a there's a sizes campaign out there uh-huh. against tall people. <laughs> it's against <laughs> tall people. You're in Hollywood. You're in the land of the short man. Everyone is short. <laughs> hey man, uh, you don't fit in the frame. We're just gonna cut you out. How does that sound? <laughs> or we'll treat you like they did in uh, in Naked Gun and not even show your face and just have bananas <laughs> drop from your mouth. Theoretically, assuming that you just eat raw bananas and I you can't. Also- Remember them. when we were filming the characters and your section of the characters? And I remember having out. a. It was a mistake that just was literally for time. It's got nothing to do with you. <laughs> but I remember talking with the DP about shooting you, and he's like, "The problem is, is that I just got to keep swooping up so I can get the rest of Ben." And I was just being like, "Just try to make the movement casual so Kissel doesn't see it." And you're just like walking to the side, like, "I'm ready to perform," you know, like all excited to be like, be knowing that the man had to like do a parabola movement to <laughs> yeah. catch you in the frame. Well, do some 
yoga before you film me and get your body in shape for crying out loud. Well, that marriage lasted three whole months before Pee Wee gave his wife the old I'm going to go to the store and be right back routine. Ah. But he had his reasons. Quote, It weren't that I'd stop loving her. It was that the weightiness and bothersomeness stirring around inside of me. It seemed to be coming more often the older I got. And I didn't know how to deal with it no other way except to just leave wherever I was and go someplace different. I got so edgy and mad at the world, I just had to get away. Pee-wee, have you heard of this bar Cheers? Uh, It's actually a place where everyone knows your name. I think you might like it. It's in Boston. I gotta say, Cheers has got some of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in a bar. You got that beautiful girl all built just right. I believe her name is Norm. And then you go, ooh, I just gotta saddle up to the, wait a second. I didn't smell the cologne. (laughs) Well, that excerpt was the first time in Final Truth that Pee Wee mentioned the quote unquote bothersomeness. Mm. That's how he described his urge to kill. The thing that drove him to kill by his reckoning over 100 people. Jesus. But the thing was, if you look at Pee-wee's confirmed victims, he was by no means your typical serial killer. His victims ran the gamut of age, race, and sex, unlike most serial killers who fall within the same three categories for all of their victims. Right. Well, he did a lot of things out of business and out of convenience and out of pure rage. He was just a uh, full-time criminal, it seemed like. He's very yeah. closer, very similar again. He's tiny Carl Panzram. Where Carl Panzram obviously had a, a, he had a built-in rage, this bothers he had the same shit, but a part of it was also whatever had to be done had to be done at the time in according to them. Yeah. Little Charles Manson y too, he seems like, doesn't he? Well, actually some people do call him the redneck Charles Manson. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is one of why, his- why, why am I gonna be the redneck Charles Manson? Why isn't Charles Manson the redneck and I'm the socialite? <laughs> Yeah, on his Wikipedia page, that's one. That's one one of his nicknames. But like, I thought about it. Like, the only thing that him and Charles Manson really share. uh, Well, it was the uh, the whole reform school thing. What happened to him in reform school, and the fact that they're both tiny. Yeah, and and constantly in and out of jail. And you do get the feeling like they can dance. (laughs) Like if if the right song hits the jukebox at the right time, they will dance. Charles Manson's the type of person who just makes a lot of room on the dance floor with a like he's the, that kind of weird dancer where every, every once in a while there's a girl who's like interesting and then but Pee Wee Gaskins is one of those where he stomps on a board like uh, was it the, yeah, yeah. the wonderful whites of you know that that documentary yeah. about the board yes. dancing the world of the uh, is it the world of the wonderful whites something, something like, like that. that wild folks no, meth, P- meth crystal meth <laughs> Yes. Pee Wee actually he didn't drink at all. He was really? one of those, he was kind of he was a bit of a teetotaler. Well, well not he a did teetotaler. have that kerosene back in the day. <laughs> well, he said that he'd have one or two beers every once in a while, but he loved hanging out in honky tonks, is what okay. he would say. Sober, sober, arrest. And you know he had a very big hat because as so. a man my size, you should. You remember the hat my taco shell hat I bought for a Texas Pete Henry Zabrowski? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, the things about Pee Wee is that it's very possible that he was more of a mass murderer than a serial killer, mm. like a guy like a murderer of convenience. However, he does have a fairly keen understanding of what it is that actually drives a serial killer. Mm. See, when Pee Wee gave the interviews that led to Final Truth in 1989 and 1990, the behavioral science unit from the FBI and serial killers in general were not a part of the collective pop culture consciousness as they are today. Hmm. Shows like us definitely did not exist. This and, show didn't exist. <laughs> well, no. shows like us. Yeah. Like that, like well, talk about talk about like serial killers and their motivations and what goes into the mind of a serial yeah, yeah, yeah. killer. Like, well, shit you like had to this. go looking for that shit. Yeah. You had to go, well, looking, had to go for looking hard. It, it for was it. reserved for very special Donahue episodes, basically. <laughs> That's where because they did break some serial killer news. Yeah, back they in did the day. break some serial yeah. killer news, but like the whole like the the study of the psychosis was right. pretty much academic, and I really don't see Pee Wee Gaskins as being a voracious consumer of academic studies. Well, I definitely read a Calvin and Hobbes strip one time, and I yeah. had a couple of words in there I didn't understand, and that's the final <laughs> truth. It is my ignorance that is my barrier, and the ignorance that is my fault. You know, uh, Calvin made up Hobbes. <laughs> 
What? <laughs> yeah, that was all fake. Weird. Yeah. Well, that's the weird thing about Pee Wee Gaskins. Even though he didn't read any of this shit, here's what he said about his motivations in Final Truth. Getting the guts and balls to do kill someone just to pleasure yourself is the onlyest difficult part. Once you've done the first and come to know that real special feeling, you can't hardly wait till another better idea comes and leads and pulls and pushes you into what takes you up into another place and even higher than you ever been before. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a great like pep talk on Silicon Valley, but it's unfortunate that your main focus is murder. Isn't it? Because I feel like you know, I could be a real Chip Gaines, because Chip yeah. Gaines is all about positivity and saying fear right. is a loser. Fear is a loser is what he says. And that's the final yeah. truth. I'm going to leave the final truth to Chip Gaines. Yes, Busey is my inspirational figure, but... False appearance appearing real. There it is. Fear. <laughs> Love Gary Busey. Well, what Pee Wee was talking about in that passage was the concept of escalation. And that's what we know about serial killers. They escalate throughout their career. But the thing is about most of Pee-wee's known murders, there's very little escalation there. And as we're going to see later on, there's no signature, there's no consistent M.O., and more than half of his kills are more crimes of convenience than serial killing. And that's also very similar to a less, obviously, far less elaborate H.H. Holmes, where it's mm -hmm. about the constant seeking of the thrill, where with Jeffrey Dahmer, with the idea of the true perverted ones, the ones that are truly like caught in a realm of dark, dark fantasy with Jeffrey Dahmer alone in his apartment, Ed Gein crafting these full fantastic worlds, he is looking for an outside thrill. He's looking for an outside gamble, where H.H. Holmes was doing it with the murder hotel and all of the different insurance scams. He's doing it by bouncing back and forth, creating families, mm -hmm. and also committing crimes on the way and doing his car stripping job at the same time. You know, H.H. Holmes really should have just called it the murder hotel. Just give him a heads up. <laughs> and then if you if you do get a room there, it's kind of on you. Yeah. You know it's, a, it's the murder hotel. Well, speaking of serial killings, let's get into what Pee Wee called the coastal kills. Ooh. So after Pee-wee was eventually reapprehended after his fourth wife turned to sorry ass in after finding out all the horrible shit he'd done. Mm. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Lenny did, was not taking that shit. So Pee-wee ended up back in the same state prison that he'd been in before. Not the federal prison with okay. all the mobsters, the state prison with the power men. But to Pee-wee's dismay... There was no longer any such thing as power men. At least they weren't called power men anymore. They never the were. You know, he showed they his age here. What do you mean there's no power men? I remember back when, how sad that is. It's like going to McDonald's and asking for a Whopper. Yep, it ain't right. Well, these men, who used to be called power men... They were still this. They were still there. They just weren't called power men anymore. Why? Why did they change the pronoun? What I, happened? I don't know. It's power person now. <laughs> What's going on? I don't know. Well, the designation of power man was supplanted by conveniently for Pee Wee nicknames. Oh, yeah. If you had a nickname, you had a reputation. There it is. See, Hong Kong. You know what I mean? Like, I'd go in there as Hong Kong Henry Zabrowski. It would probably be a difficult transitional period for me. Yeah. I'd be like, hey there, guys. Got myself a bit of a nickname, aren't you afraid? Quap, 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 quap. Just oh, oh, kidding. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> well, if you had a nickname, you had a reputation. Mm. And since Pee Wee was Pee Wee, he says this stretch in prison was fairly uneventful because he was, in fact, a nickname with an in-prison reputation. Because this is the same prison that he'd already killed Hazel Brazel in. Hazel Brazel, that's yeah. right. And no nickname were, needed. Yeah, and there were people in that state prison that remembered Pee Wee from last time. Of course. So his reputation was intact. It hadn't been that long since he was gone. No. In fact, this stretch was so uneventful that the warden wrote a letter of recommendation to the parole board that Pee Wee be set free early. That's smart. That's we got all say we here at at the jail really just want to thank Pee Wee for his contribution to the holiday season. Um, he made a perfect elf on the shelf. Yep, right. <laughs> yeah, great. And so, in 1968, at the age of 35, Pee Wee was back on the streets of South Carolina. <laughs> of course, he is. During the day, he worked as a roofer, but at night, he stripped stolen cars, as he'd done fairly consistently throughout his life since he'd been taught how to do it by the people who ran the girly show at the carnival. Right. But he said the bothersomeness started growing stronger. He said, quote, 
first that special heaviness commenced to roll around in my gut. Then up my spine, into my head and down again. I hurt from my balls to behind my eyes. It was a truly terrible kind of pain. And that felt like it wanted to tear me open so it could get out. Uh, Janice, I, I gotta tell you, I, I had the strangest conversation with our roofer this morning. Um, he really went, went in. Uh, so, anyway, we shouldn't hire him anymore. He does sound like Quado inside <laughs> of the man. Bit. Just open up your chest a little bit. Let me talk. Imagine how many times he wanted to talk. He's like, undo your shirt. I want to come out now. Undo the shirt. Let me do it. Let me shout. Oh, Let me get him. I've been working it all fucking night. And so the coastal kills, as Pee Wee called them, began. But before we get to the coastal kills, it must be said that not a single one of these coastal kills have even come close to being confirmed. And that's what we want. We don't want these to be real. We do not want these to be real at all. What we're about to talk about here is not fact, despite how many writers around the internet and in print like to present as such. Mm -hmm. These are definitely not fact. And I've noticed a lot of writers presenting the bullshit that Pee Wee spouts in Final Truth Mm -hmm. as absolute truth, and it's not. It's not confirmed whatsoever. Are you, this, uh, so you're implying that there's misinformation on the internet? <laughs> there may be a little is, bit. Is also, right? just is, the fact that Pee Wee says the term, the final truth, it's a, st- it's a great branding. Right. It does, it's a great for a television show. If Pee Wee tell- had a show on the Willy Wonka television screen, <laughs> like was it a movie? I think that's the world we're living in now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah all this shit. This is, this is only what Pee Wee says he did. And these stories should not be repeated as Bible truth. I don't even like you using the term Bible truth because we know that the Bible is not filled with truth either. It's got funny little <laughs> sayings. Yes, it does. <laughs> it's just an expression, Henry. Thank you for saying that, for clarifying. The final truth. See, all Pee Wee wanted, as we said in the last episode, was to go down in history as the meanest, baddest, sickest psychopath in American history. And that's exactly why he allowed Final Truth to be written and exactly why he only allowed it to be published after he was dead. Mm. If there was no chance for follow-up questions, then there was no chance anyone was going to catch him in a lie. Oh, and as far as the detail that goes into these stories, you, you got to remember, this guy had eight years in prison to think this shit up. Oh, and he's yeah. not the fastest thinker in the world. <laughs> no. Like, he really took a long time and go, hmm, yeah, in the vagina. <laughs> but think about how long it took George R.R. R. Martin to write these damn yeah. dragon fucking filth books. Think of how long it's going to take him to write this whole... Yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't... You know, I watched a little bit of that. Uh, you don't care for it? You're not a fantasy. You hate fantasy. You don't well, like you fantasy. You like Lord of the Rings, though. I like Lord of the Rings. It's the ring that, uh, well, you save us all, or whatever the hell it is. But it, it is very something good. important, though. That's you a really good very close attention. I like, well, I like the ends, and, and I like and I like the, the ones that everyone doesn't like. You there. just like tall things. You I just like, like tall ends. things. You like the tree the people. Are peaceful. <laughs> you're going to be the strangest. When you're a new father at 55, and you have yeah. whatever child comes out of, like, you're 55, you're like, yeah, yeah, it's got the... Uh, it's got the ring in it, and it's supposed to put it <laughs> on. And uh, either way, I'm going to need you to raise yourself. Is yeah, that basically. Right? No, but Samwise is a good character. <laughs> he does do a lot. He does a lot of the heavy lifting in that. No, not a lot of credit. Literally no. does all the heavy lifting because yeah. of the ending of the films. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, Frodo's quite light, but a little, little dramatic there. Now, it is possible that Pee Wee could have committed at least a couple of these murders, but it's highly unlikely, if not impossible, for him to have committed as many as he did in the frame of time he puts forth. Mm. So Pee Wee said that when the bothersomeness started getting the better of him, he'd leave the house to prevent him from taking it out on whichever one of his families he happened to be hanging around with at that time. And he put time in with his families. Yeah, yeah. he did. It's the strange thing about this guy. It's really weird. Now, Pee Wee started by just driving by himself up and down the Carolina coast on U.S. Highway 17 from Wilmington, North Carolina to Charleston, South Carolina. Mm. 
But then he started picking up hitchhikers, which, as we know, were plentiful in 1968. What's what is it with uh, with Charlotte's? Uh, is it Charlottesville, Charleston, Charleston, Charleston? Yeah, it seems like a lot of uh, bad things happen. Douchebags. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of bad that? things happen there. <laughs> it seems so strange to me. Yeah, I don't know, ma'am. Now, at first, hmm. Pee Wee just started giving the hitchhikers rides, just like Ed Kemper did, giving himself those little allowances one at a time. Mm. Then he started offering money for sex, and if the girl said no, he'd drop them off wherever they were, no matter what, and drive off. And when enough women started saying no, Pee-wee started getting pissed, and that's when he says the violent fantasies began, as they always do with sexual serial killers. He said he would masturbate while he thought about hanging all the girls who said no upside down by their feet and whipping them just like what had been done to him when he was a kid, although Pee-wee doesn't make that connection himself. Yeah, that's so weird that he doesn't even think that you wrote that imagery from your past into what may be your fake sex fantasy life. But really what stopped Pee-wee every time from doing that was the threat of prison if the women went to the police afterwards. Mm. But one day, a realization hit him, what he actually called his quote-unquote miracle. Okay. Uh, Pee-wee said he took off to Myrtle Beach one Sunday in 1969, quote, When the pain was like plum bum in my bowels, and the weight was so heavy, I couldn't hardly breathe. Uh, well, nurse, it looks like he's got pain like a plum bum. <laughs> uh, there's no denying that. We better give him some oxygen. Do I have Christmas cancer? <laughs> <laughs> you might have it. No, what plum is bum plum is, bum? It's lead. <laughs> oh, okay. oh. It's lead. That's why the uh, elements, you know, the uh, what do you call it? Like the element uh, letters for uh-huh. uh, lead is PB. Oh, plum bum. Yeah, because it used to be called plum bum. That's the, the <laughs> dumbest name of all time. So they had lead. access to, they somehow had access to an atomic chart. Atomic oh. monkey shirt, and then they t- they figured out it was iron, but still called it by the dumbest name. Plum bum. <laughs> Sounds like a- not iron. Lead. Red. I just yeah. don't understand. Lead. Pee Wee said, on that day, he picked up a girl, gave her the same proposition of money for sex, and once again, the answer came back as no. So Pee Wee said, fine, but. I got to turn down this dirt road first to drop you off. Pee Wee said he pulled over, stared at her, and had his moment of realization. He said, quote, What I had to do was kill her. I remember smiling to myself and wondering why I had never thought of that before. So when she reached down to get her duffel bag, Pee Wee said he punched her in the side of the head three times. And when she was out, he took off his belt and tied her hands behind her back. And here is where we have our first gold star for this series. Just so you know, this is going to get pretty fucked up from here on out. And again, we have no idea if any of this is true, but nonetheless, this is still, this is a peek into the mind of a serial killer, into the mind of a killer's fantasy life. This is what he wanted you to know about his secret crimes. And this is a part of whether or not it's true, he definitely wanted to give the juiciest story of all time. So Mm -hmm. a part of it's like, we're going to look at his concept of himself and the idea of what he thought he was capable of. Because that's really what it comes down to, is that even if it's not real, like what we've talked about many times, if 1% is true, then he did... Uh, many fucked up things. More so part of it things, is yeah. yeah. So this is a this is just a part of where he thought he could go. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna say it's not real. That's what I'm gonna tell myself in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> very good distancing. Yeah. Very no, good. No very problem. good. That's what I've uh, been having to do to yeah. get myself to sleep it's at brutal. night over the last week and a half. Uh, he said he got her outside the truck and on the ground, and when she woke up. He said he sliced one of her nipples off, put it between his front teeth, and smiled at her. And when she screamed, he said he shoved it in her mouth and made her eat it. He said he then put her back in the truck and drove down to a marsh, brought her back out, bent her over, and shoved an 11-inch blade into her vagina and sliced up. But still, she survived. He said he then chained her to a pine limb with a heavy logging chain, dropped her into the water with a pulley, and watched as the bubbles no longer rose to the surface. And that's really the only place mm. where uh, uh, it does sound true because we're going to find out that's how they would lift 
the engines out of the cars they were stripping. There yeah. was something in that motion with the with the pulley and the pulley in the chain that he had done again and again that I don't know whether or not he then made up and like extrapolated. Oh, I could use this as a murder weapon. But they but never investigated uh, the area or the. Uh, the they did. There. They, they didn't, didn't find, find jack anything. shit okay. anywhere ever. He said he then drove away, stopped at a truck stop cafe, had the biggest steak on the menu, and drove all the way home that very night playing the radio as loud as he could and singing along the whole time. Well, now, do and you think it was actually a big steak, or is he this so small? I honestly think. <laughs> I, I, I like wonder. Maybe three-ounce steak. And like, <laughs> your biggest Pete. steak you ever have. And they're like, all right. And then he's bringing him a sausage patty. And he's like, oh, man, my eyes are bigger than my stomach. <laughs> It also That's makes possible. me really sad because this is my favorite way to celebrate something. Oh, oh my God, eating, yes. Yeah, big course. steak and singing along to the radio, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. but I mean, like, and I also want to apologize to Eddie Money for possibly even bringing him into this scenario. <laughs> because Eddie Money is, is, if he was accidentally listening to Eddie Money, he is not culpable. He's not a part of this. And I don't want Eddie any Money? of these accusations to get to him. Two tickets to paradise. Oh, my God. You're going with someone. I only have one ticket. You're selfish. I didn't know that you could get more than one. Well, all this, this is what Pee Wee says. Now, let's start with one of the big problems here in this story. If he did what he said he did, he would have been covered head to toe with blood. And yet, he was able to go straight from the kill to a diner. Mm. I mean, did he make some excuse, say he was just killing a deer, don't mind the blood? Or just, did he, can you just do that? <laughs> I don't, well, you can during deer hunting yeah, season. Yeah, you absolutely, you can, yeah. Uh, I mean, you got to show them the deer. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. that's key. Yeah, so or, they all go like, oh, yeah, that's a big one right there. That's <laughs> oh, yeah, one. I caught yeah. one that looked just like it last week, and you have a bunch of people just bitching. Yeah, deer hunting <laughs> season's a pretty gruesome time on the uh, the old streets of Wisconsin. Oh, oh, it's very Everywhere. gruesome. In, oh, it's gruesome in Texas as well. Well, yeah, my dad was telling me a story last night about uh, field stripping a buck, and th- there was a lot of blood in that story. Field stripping a buck is also going to be the name of my first gay pornography film. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a good time when your career totally collapsed, most yes. likely because of this podcast, yes. and you're forced into do uh, husky meat work. <laughs> I mean, the only other explanation is that Pee Wee managed to wash himself up in a fetid, filthy South Carolina swamp, and he also just happened to have a change of clothes in his truck. Well, he probably could have just laid down, and then a bunch of dogs could have just thought he was a Jack Russell Terrier, (laughs) simply because of his size, and they all could have licked him clean. clean. Licked him clean. Like in in Batman Returns, (laughs) when she falls out of the the cats. I have become Terrier Man. (laughs) Well, neither of those oh, scenarios. Neither of those scenarios seems likely. He's not become terrier man. <laughs> now let's also look at the wider scope of the so-called coastal kills. I did. I have to say, I accidentally. I got HBO on demand, mm-hmm. and I did wow. accidentally watch the Shaggy Dog with Tim Allen for far too long. <laughs> Are you because bragging? You, Are you bragging no, about I, your I, HBO I did not Go want to watch it, subscription? But, no, I'm not bragging. I just say I'm saying that I did watch it for too long. Okay, I watched it for 25 minutes. Okay, <laughs> which is too long to watch the Shaggy okay, Dog. With all right. Okay, all right. Well, let's look at the scope of these kills here. He claims that he picked up almost all of his victims. Remember, it's a hundred plus victims that he claims. He said that he picked up all the victims on the Carolina coast off Highway 17. He said he would then dump the bodies at various places in the swampy areas further inland near towns like PD, Finkley, Dog Bluff and Ketchup Town. <laughs> God, and they're all coincidentally on the Travel Channel. Uh, coincidentally on the Travel Channel this week, they were all named top four cities to find uh, bodies of dead girls. In. <laughs> oh, really? Finkley, yeah. huh? Who would have thought? Also, second, uh, the PD and Dog Bluff were both second most likely to st- accidentally step in dog shit on the way <laughs> oh. to the post office. Yeah, you just missed the dog. That's all that means. Well, Pee Wee said, as far as his victims went, he. He said he did everything from burning them with acid to running cables through their bodies and hanging them Jesus. from trees, filling their orifices with molten plumbum. Where's he getting the the the, the means yeah. to? The, yeah, exactly. How he is said he uh, he said he'd use like little fires and he would yuck melt because lead does melt. You know, fairly easily, I think. You know, and my, I got my little Bunsen burner back here. You'll notice that's where I melt my lid. Yeah, he even like, I mean, it's all these like really bizarre things. Like he said that he p- 
pumped one woman full of water until it came out of her nose and her mouth, but then it... I don't know. And, but then he said she died too quick, so he didn't do that ever again. But, you know, I mean, these guys do weird fucked up shit like that all the time. Like, you remember uh, Kennifer Bianchi? Of uh, remember he... Uh, uh, use the syringe to fill the woman full of Drano and shit like, or not Drano, yeah. Windex. But that's like the, that. that is truly yeah. someone that is, that is a process killer, right? That is someone yeah. that really enjoys the act of murdering. Well, all the other crimes that get pinned on Pee Wee Gaskins are, are quick murders that yeah. are used to cover up other crimes. And right. so Except it's for, interesting. There's like four that aren't. There but aren't, the but they're like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're more they're twisted still. They're still obviously very fucked up. But yeah. he uh the, the idea of something like this it, it's strange cuz it doesn't fit with everything else we know about him. We know him as a, as a hardened criminal, but we don't know him as this uh as somebody who's so into the fantasy part of the murder besides yeah. now just sitting in jail and writing about it. Yeah. Acting like the uh the uh, villain from 7. Yeah. Somewhat. Here. Very much so. Now, let's also look take a look at the numbers. Now, all of these victims were all supposedly picked up from the same 173-mile stretch of road. And he starts in mid-1969, and he goes till 1975. And he said he'd killed three by Christmas of 1969 already. Then, in Final Truth, he alternates throughout between saying he killed on average every six weeks... Or around the 10th of each month, for some reason. He, he said for some reason, it was always around the 10th of each month that he started getting the bothersomeness, and that's when he would go out. They, your rent check has just been exactly. cashed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're sitting there, like, it's kind of, it's like a, it's an in-between moment. You're going to get paid again on the 15th, so. Right. Not a lot to do, I guess. I guess. That means that in the space of about five years, if he kept to his schedule, at least 63 people would have gone missing on a single 173-mile stretch of highway, many of whom would have been noticeably missing. And you yeah. think you would, especially if it's just that one highway. Yeah, yeah because you would think so. Just that one highway. I mean, it's a long highway. It goes past Charleston and past Wilmington, but like just between those two cities. Mm. Now, compare that to Canada's infamous Highway of Tears. You know, over the last 40 years, 40 women have gone missing or been found murdered on a single stretch of highway in western Canada, more than twice the length of Peewee's. Apparently, they're also going to change the 405 here in L.A. to the Highway of Tears, but that's mostly because that's where the most auditions take place. Oh, that's sad. How's the fire, by the way? <laughs> it was started by, I think it's the most incredible irony in the world that it was a fire accidentally started by homeless people and then it burnt Rupert Murdoch's house down. <laughs> oh, look at that. Yeah, about the Highway of Tears, multiple books have been written about this stretch. Documentaries have been made. So if 63 people went missing on one stretch of road in a popular coastal American area, you'd be damn sure someone would have noticed, especially right. since they were all white. People yeah. would have noticed in 1963. Sure. Or in 1968. But they didn't. So it's not going to fucking... It's it's not true. So okay. who knows? But again, if 1% I'm gonna is go true... not true. If 1% it, is true, it's possible that Pee Wee well, could have murdered a few would people be just, here and there. 1% would just be he, he gave a, a woman a glass of water, <laughs> which is actually quite nice. That's actually not true. It's like if he had done a couple of these, the couple of these murders, if he had done a couple... Do and you I could think see he did him, any murders? In this situation In here. this coastal kill situation, yeah. it's possible that maybe he did like three or four. But I can guarantee the shit about him picking up hitchhikers and asking them for sex for money and him getting filled with rage when they say no happened several times. Yeah, I sure. imagine when he was driving around super, super horny and mean, just driving around feeling that bothersomeness, which I do believe he did have. It wasn't necessarily for just murder. It was just to act out that he picked somebody up and I guarantee, but I don't think it was like a torture session. I think mm -hmm. it was like he flipped out and would either shoot him or or stab him or choke him and then just leave him. Yeah. Horny and mean and un, uh, a uh, n never sung by Waylon Jennings. <laughs> no. Was, no, I mean, was it was privately ornery. Ornery. spoken yeah, about. I said I'm ornery, not horny. Put your clothes back on. <laughs> but, you know, most of this stuff, especially the story where he says he murdered what sounds a hell of a lot like the Scooby-Doo gang, sounds a lot like <laughs> fantasy. He mm. did murder, he murdered Shaggy? <laughs> I know, leave the dog alone. But I, I, I hope it, uh, yeah, that's the only thing getting me through that. But that's not to say Pee Wee Gaskins wasn't a horrific piece of shit murderer. Right. He was. For in 1970, Pee Wee would commit the first of what he called his serious murders. 
Yeah, and I wonder if they were on channel 34 or lithium. Serious oh, XM. Serious radio joke. <laughs> yes. Well, Sirius is thriving. You know because they don't let anybody have any idea what their analytics are. That's how you know. <laughs> yeah, that's how you know they're doing great. Well, Pee-wee's designation here was that coastal kills were people he didn't know, while serious murders were people he either knew well or were at the very least acquaintances. Okay. And the only one Pee-wee says fell somewhere in between was the girl whom he said he cut pieces off while she was still alive and ate him before force-feeding her a chunk of her own calf. He seems to be very much into this force-feeding people their own body parts. He's into it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He thinks there's something about the ultimate domination. You can see in his head about how that's a way to show how much you master somebody. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I guess so. Yeah. Now, while the serious murders were never as brutal as that fantasy, except for one, which is also probably at least half fantasy, that's not to say they aren't horrific. Mm-hmm. They began in 1970 when Pee Wee was 37 with Patricia Ann Allsbrook and Janice Kirby, his own niece. Mm. This one is real. According to Pee Wee, he ran into Janice and Patricia one night at the local burger joint where he found Janice had drunk, drank a few too many beers and had passed out. The girls they were with asked if Pee Wee could take care of her, and he obliged. So Pee Wee bundled her into his car, but Janice's friend Pee Wee figured she'd better go along to make sure Janice was okay, probably because Pee Wee was a well-known local shitbird. What yeah, was Janice's he's just, friend's name? Patricia. 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 And it's just, uh, he's a fucking disgusting person, and they all know this. And yeah, he's right. going there, I don't think it was an accident. I don't think you'd expect someone to be as bad, though. Even if the worst person you know, you don't expect them to, be, to, to, to end someone's life like that. Well, yeah. that's what these guys hope for. And a part of it's he goes to this burger joint surrounded by teenage girls, and he is obvious to me in my head. He's skulking around like he's yeah. he's looking for he's looking for some action, and then happens to bump into his fucking niece. Yeah. So after Pee Wee got the girl some coffee, Janice puked all over herself in the car. So Pee Wee offered to take him back to his place to clean her up, and that's when Pee Wee said he made the decision to rape them. Instead of taking him back to his house, he took him out to an old rundown tenant house that he knew of out in the country. He lulled the girls into a false sense of security, then pulled a knife on Janice, putting it up to her throat. But the attempt failed when Patricia slammed Pee Wee in the back of the head with a two by four. Ooh, all right. And the two ran out in the woods. However, Pee Wee soon caught up, fired a shot in the air, and led him back to the house. But the girls weren't done. After another struggle, Pee Wee knocked out both girls with his pistol, rendering them both unconscious and half dead. And that's when he said he decided he had to kill them both. Now we're going to see, yes, this is what you're going to say here. It's true. This is what shows normal serial killer thinking. Yeah, this actually falls more in line with what we know about serial killers. Mm -hmm. The vast, vast majority don't start with the Mondo horror movie scene about the hitchhiker that Pee Wee conjured up earlier. Most times, the first murder is an accident committed in the commission of another crime. And once it happens, the killer realizes it gives him a feeling that supplants all others he's had before, and the serial killing begins. Mm. So after knocking out the girls, Pee-wee left Janice at the house and locked Patricia in the trunk of his car. He then went to a vacant house he knew of that had a septic tank and somehow managed to get the cement lid off the top. And this is what he said he did next. I planned to crack her skull open to make sure she was dead, but I decided that would make too big a mess, so I just lowered her into the sludge and waited until there wasn't any more bubbles. Then I push the cement lid back in place. And the reason why we know this one is true is because six years later, Pee Wee led police to this exact spot, and there was the body of Patricia Ann Allsbrook. Oh, absolutely brutal. But so you're going to see he uses, that he knew that 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 technique worked once, and so he can use it in his fake crimes as well. He can just use it as 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 a detail that works. Yeah. Uh, I can only hope his defense attorney was Tim Allen turning into a dog. And so <laughs> I mean, that's idea. the only way you can trust him. Oh, or, or you know, it would have also been really good, Jim Carrey and that liar liar film uh, because you literally tell cannot lie. tell a lie. That's right. <laughs> so when Pee Wee got back to the house, his niece Janice had died from her injuries. And so, possibly in some sort of fucked up reverence because she was family, 
He took her out back, buried her, and covered the ground with pine needles, and her body was never found. Oh, they never found that one. He never told police where that tenant house was. Oh, my goodness. All right. Now, you would now you would think that because of Pee Wee's record, along with the fact that he was the last one seen with the girls, the police were pressing pretty goddamn hard for their disappearance. I would think so. I would hope so. But when cops questioned him, Pee Wee said Janice had asked him about kinfolk living in California, and the two girls were planning on running away. And Pee Wee said he then let him out, and they got in a car with boys he believed were from Orangeburg, mm. and that was the last he'd seen him. Not from Ketchup Town or whatever. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right next to Lemonville, which is even worse. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talk about with the Dean Coral murders. They just believed kids ran away. Also, yeah, I- this is a shitty fucking part of the country in a shitty time to be in it. So you could see why people be like, I'm getting out. I guess so. Yeah. No, these kids were, they were lower class. Nobody gave a shit, you know, so Pee Wee got away with it. Same, I mean, yeah, it's exactly like Dean Coral. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, how many kids went missing in that lower class Houston neighborhood before the cops gave a fuck? Right. And Pee Wee Gaskins, he killed at least 10 others okay. over the next five years. We know he killed ten, at least 10 other people so in the next at, five years. We're at 12 total kills for Pee Wee. Is that about... Uh, uh, it's confirmed 12. Okay. Probably, most likely 15. All right. Probably 18. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Now, one of the reasons why Pee Wee got away with it was that right after these two girls went missing, another high-profile case dropped in the laps of local law enforcement. 13-year-old Peggy Cutno. Cutno's father was a state senator, and of course, once she went missing, all resources went to her, and even more were dedicated when Peggy was found murdered two days later. Mm. A guy named Junior Pierce went down for the crime, but Pee Wee claimed he was the one who was actually responsible. How many people in South Carolina are named Junior? Yeah, so many. <laughs> well, Pee Wee was originally named Junior. He was That's Junior Parrot. <laughs> junior Parrot. Yeah, Junior's pretty common down there, I guess. I don't know. I've never been to South Carolina. Uh, you've never been? I at least went through it, and that's where I met a guy named uh, Miffers. Did I tell you about this? <laughs> no. He was a guy told me who, about Miffers. Miffers? He was in a McDonald's. <laughs> it was in a McDonald's. I went to, uh, <laughs> I was in South Carolina. We were driving from New York to Florida. We thought it would be fun. We rented a Dodge Charger. We were in South Carolina. Lineup where you were exhausted and hungry, you would drive for 20 hours. We stopped to go into a McDonald's. I was gonna go to, I went into the bathroom, and I, I was, you know, just standing at the urinal. Man comes, stands next to me. He like he gives me like a nod, like he looks over. He fully takes his pants off, full <laughs> underwear, with his ass hanging out of the back, and he pisses all over the inside of the urinal. I go back into the McDonald's room, like, Jesus Christ. That guy comes out, realize he's working for the McDonald's. He was in a McDonald's uniform, and his name tag, and I am not joking, said Miffers. <laughs> and I asked for co- I asked for milk with my coffee. I, I wanted co- like a little thing of milk. And he was like, is it okay to have just milk? Can I give the man milk? And they're like, yes, Miffers. Just give him the damn milk. You charge him for the milk. Huh. Well, sounds like a nice place. <laughs> Beautiful state. Well, yeah, this guy, Junior Pierce, he went down for the crime. Pee Wee claimed he was responsible. Final truth on that is that Peggy, just like the girl Pee Wee hit with a hammer in his 20s, had sassed him. Uh-oh. And while Pee Wee said he didn't do anything about it immediately, he was still stewing over it days later as he was having a meal at his favorite seafood restaurant, the Crab Tooth. Okay, this is what I'm going to say this right now. This is my only two rules. These are my two rules for restaurants, okay? Uh Never eat at an empty restaurant and never eat at a place where the title or the the name of the restaurant has parts of the animal attributed to the animal that do not exist. (laughs) Crabs don't have a tooth. They don't have a tooth. Is that right? They don't got teeth there, the crabs. They don't have like a – it's not – you just can't have – it can't be called like – the chicken's tongue. I guess you can call the chicken's tongue. Chickens, yeah, chickens definitely have tongues. That's chicken, chicken, ha- chicken hands. You can't chicken. have chicken hands. You can't yeah. eat anything called the chicken hand. Yeah, wombat brains. Wombats, wombats have, brains. have brains. I know, but that, that, that's bigger ones, though. <laughs> Smarter brains. Smaller brains on the wombat. Monkey constitution. You can't eat a place called the monkey constitution. I like the monkey constitution. I like an empty restaurant, though. It's not an indication that the food is bad. Restaurants, sh- or the restaurants that are packed or the good restaurants. Never eat at an empty restaurant. You will get sick. I like empty restaurants. Well, Pee Wee said as he was stewing at the crab tooth, 
<laughs> this is going to be one of those back and forths that's just going to go on for a while. Well, I, I so like I'm just going to end it. All right. Going to boost yourself. All the service. Just, just nobody there. If there's nobody there, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's also important if you're eating at a, a restaurant of another culture's food, you should be one of the only white people in it. Mm-hmm. So, as he was sitting at the crab tooth, Pee Wee said he decided to do something about this girl sassing him. First, he set up an alibi for himself mm. by renting a tourist cabin in Charleston, and he made sure everyone in his regular bar in Charleston saw him there. He said he then drove... Well, so you know I'm here. <laughs> Pee-wee is at the bar. Uh, is that Pee-wee? Right? I'm sitting here at my favorite stool. I'm sniffing my favorite flower, which I leave here every time. Uh, yeah. He's running back and forth like the butler from Clue. <laughs> I think we saw Pee-wee. Pee-wee's definitely here. Pee-wee was here. I know Pee-wee. He said he then drove back to Sumter, where both he and Peggy were living at the time. He said he found Peggy, kidnapped her, tortured her, and then left her body in the middle of the road to be found. He said the reason why he left her instead of sinking her in the swamp, as he had almost all the other bodies, was to prevent cops from accidentally stumbling upon other bodies that Pee Wee had killed in their search. This one isn't as far-fetched as some of the others. Pee Wee was working on a house on the same street that Peggy lived on, and that house was on the way back and forth to where Peggy walked to go to school. Mm. However, we also know that Pee-wee was questioned and investigated for the Peggy Cutno murder, but despite Pee-wee already being a very recent suspect in the disappearances of two other girls around the same age, this is what one officer said about him. Pee-wee is a small-time punk who talks and acts tough to get women to notice him, but that's all he is. Just talk. So, uh, you're just a horrible police officer, is that it? No, I'm a lazy police officer. (laughs) Oh, I see. (laughs) Big difference. And we're going to find out even more about how dead wrong that cop was on part three of Pee Wee Gaskins. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, that's this This is a uh, interesting, disgusting tale here, Pee Wee Gaskins. There's a lot of ins and outs to this one. What if it's a buffet? <laughs> it is like a buffet. It's a buffet of serial killer <laughs> talk. It, it is, well, there is that, but I'm thinking if you're alone at a buffet... The food no. can't, can't be that bad. Yeah, the, it, no, because then the, the food's not getting turned around fast enough. Then you're you got turning food it around. Sitting, no, you're not. It's just sitting in a thing congealing. It's like when a restaurant, the problem is you've all these backup orders that they made, and then they're just sitting there under warming lamps. Mm. And then you come in, it's like you're not getting fresh food. When there's a lot of people, there's a lot of dishes going out. And a part of it's like the money is what encourages everyone to work harder. Like it's just not good. You have to. That's where the capitalist system is supposed to work, Ugh. is that the customers drive quality. This is a tough episode for me to handle. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, Pee Wee Gaskets. Say- yeah, well, I'm it's an say- interesting theory. Interesting theory indeed. Well, I also, I, I want to thank, uh, she did get a hold of me. I want to thank the person That's who gave right. me the Pee Wee Gaskins book, uh, Jessica Shannon. Uh, she's, of course, we plugged her subreddit before, Je- uh, R. Jessica M. Shannon. Mm. But what she really wants us to do is plug a GoFundMe for one of her friends. Mm, yes. uh, it's GoFundMe.com slash Lynn dash Jim. That's Lynn, L-Y-N-N dash Jim. They're also apparently both big big listeners and big fans uh so we wish you the best they're going through some real hard times right now with like medical problems okay. and shit like that and we all know uh how that can be oh my so God. uh if you guys want to show your appreciation uh for us being able to do this Wee gaskin series because without this biography we would not have been able there's not enough information out there about Wee gaskins in general for us to do an entire episode so without this book we would not have been able to do this series so if you want to show your appreciation uh go uh give a little bit of money over to lynn and jim gofundme.com uh slash lynn dash jim it's also we got it over on our yep. twitter page as well and that's uh, what thank go- y'all so much and uh you know get better man absolutely get better and that's what gofundmes are for they're not for every web series that you've ever thought of they're they're <laughs> actually this is a good thing they're that also can- not for a, yeah. a kid who got made fun of a little just a little bit which one the, the viral kid. video. Yeah. I was okay. Uh, it's just like, this that is a is hot topic. Because when it comes down to that kid, works. I I will say bullying is what made us all who we are. Yeah, like bullying is bullied. like in the end it works out. I think that he the saddest thing is like, how is he supposed to go back to school? He needs That's to sit down and watch Friday the Thirteenth. He needs to watch Friday the Thirteenth the entire series. 
channel his inner Jason, and then we'll see who the bully is. <laughs> yeah. We'll see who the bully is come Monday, won't we, kids? People uh, people feared Pee Wee Gaskins. Oh, my um, God. I would also but like to give out a shout-out to a racist. friend of the <laughs> show. Hates him now. I have no idea. The, the internet story arcs that take place this every 36 we, hours are hilarious. That's why we don't get involved in people's Never. personal lives like this. No, yeah. Just Lord. stop yeah. it. Just leave it alone. Leave these also, like, stop filming your kids. Stop filming your kids. If your child is crying because he is bullied... Don't, they don't want that on the record. I promise yeah. you. Well, apparently it was his idea, quote unquote. That's what they uh, say. Uh, it was his sure. idea. Film I'm me, sure be, film me during this extremely emotional, painful moment, Mom. Please. You go. You watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You watch. You watch uh, any movie with big people who are ugly, and <laughs> yes. then you relate to them. The mask. And then you you learn a little bit. Yes. We also have. I want to give a shout out to friend of the show, Hillary Sales, friend of Ellie Brown. She just defended her thesis. Hey, and hey. she's doing that. She's trying to be a doctor, and she put magoosulations on her thank you pages at the, at the end of her thesis. So I just want to say shout out to you. That's Aww. hail Satan and good luck. There was somebody else who tweeted at us that said they passed. Uh, was that the exam that somebody just passed or something like that? Uh, anyway, no. Yeah. Someone else wrote a uh, thing about uh, about uh, uh, what's it? Uh, not H. H. Holmes. I about think it might have been Henry H. Lucas. Henry, Henry Lucas. Lucas. Yeah. That's well. That's so great that. Uh, that all of the research on this show is going towards people's education. I also want to say uh, happy birthday to Madison from San Diego. Oh. Her brothers have said that she's a huge fan and got her whole family into it. So happy birthday, Madison from San Diego. What also a- to be Wilford fucking Brimley again. There's also another Hillary I want to say happy birthday to who's friends with Jake underscore the prince of all science. There it <laughs> is. Happy birthday. You're only Wilford if she's a hundred. <laughs> that, that was such a great part of that show. Be like, they're not dead yet. Can you believe it? I remember when this country used to be better. Okay, grandma. The birthdays. Let's Get go. to the birthdays, really good, good, good. <laughs> Um, uh, that's it. So yeah, we we know all the social media stuff. We got uh, yeah. The so Twitter's follow there. us at Henry Loves You at Marcus Parks at Ben Kissel. Follow us on Instagram at Doctor Ben Tasty at Marcus Parks at Ben Kissel the number one. And follow us at LP on the left for all of the horseshit. We got a Mick Foley interview coming out here that I got to do. Mick Foley is so unbelievably nice. Yeah, he's the best. He is just the best. So that'll be coming out for the Patreon listener or the Patreon subscribers uh, pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Diane Lake interview and all that stuff was very fun as well. So uh, let's do. Hail yourselves, everyone. Hail Satan. Hail Gene. Hail me. Oh, and a Magoostalations. And a Magoostalations. You can get one of those in there. It is our namesake. Yeah. 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 There it is. Is that it? That's it. That's it. That is it. All right. Goodbye.